A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Mary set out in haste and traveled to the hill country to a town of Judah where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the infant in her womb leaped for joy. And Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, cried out in a loud voice, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how does it happen to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For at the moment the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the infant in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed are you who believed that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. And Mary said, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on his lowly servant. From this day all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him for every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm and scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he has remembered his promises of mercy, the promises he made to our ancestor, to Abraham, Sarah, and his children forever. Mary remained with her about three months and then returned to home. The Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. If a holy day, like today, falls after or before a Sunday, the Sunday gets preference and the holy day is not regarded as a holy day of obligation. Holy day, yes, obligation, no. We give all that attention to Domenica, Sunday, the Lord's Day. But it is the mother of Jesus that we're celebrating today. And the statue we have here is pretty much representative of most of the statues we have of Mary in our homes or in other churches. And she's always like a cool, calm, collected young lady, hands folded, eyes cast down, um, and of course, traditionally in blue. Nothing in description of that first reading from the book of Revelation, which happened after Mary ascended, assumed into heaven. Uh, and he, he, the author has a vision of theologically what was happening and the evil that was trying to capture Jesus and Mary was saved by God. This is all uh, very beautiful analogies that the author put together. But the Mary we see in our homes here, the images of her, are always kind of cool, calm, and collected. Neither one is authentic to what Mary is in the scriptures. Mary in the scriptures is a tough woman. I mean, she, not nasty, but tough, strong. We have today, don't forget, she's already had the Annunciation. The angel Gabriel appeared to her six months ago. And now she's going to see her cousin Elizabeth, who is also pregnant with St. John the Baptist. 
and she's a little elderly. We don't know how old. I, mean, I don't think she's ancient, but she's beyond the age of what they thought was childbearing years. And she lives in an area that's called Ein Karem. And a few years ago on our pilgrimage, we went to Ein Karem, uh, the house of Zechariah and the church of the uh, Annunciation, uh, the, the church of the uh, Assumption that's gathered there. And it's interesting because as we traveled, we had a bus, of course, and we'll be doing that again in, 20, in spring of 23. We're going to have another pilgrimage. If you're interested, let me know. It's a beautiful experience to spend time in the Holy Land. We're on this bus ride from Nazareth to Ankarim. It's about 200 miles, 100 miles. But it's way above sea level. It's like 2,000 feet above sea level. And we're going around the mountain and going around the mountain, going around the mountain, and finally we get there. And even when we land in the parking area, we had to walk up a hill to get to the house. That's us in the 21st century in a bus. Imagine Mary, probably part of a caravan going from Nazareth to the area on a donkey, maybe a camel, most likely a donkey because camels were more expensive with Joseph pulling her along and she's six months pregnant. Uh, she's just pregnant, just, it was just announced she's pregnant and she's gonna visit her cousin who's six months pregnant. And when she goes in the house, she just calls out. Now the house is probably like a compound, open front door, surrounded by a wall, most likely typical of the period, open the front door. And she shouted, oh, yo, Elizabeth, I'm here. And what happens with Elizabeth in another part of the, the location, the child in her womb leaps for joy. Now, that's John the Baptist, happy to hear the mother of the Lord that he's come to announce. The, the theology is so interwoven and so beautiful. And when Mary approaches, Mary is blessed by Elizabeth with the beginning words of the, the prayer that we call the Hail Mary. Blessed are you among women. I mean, wow. You are so outstanding, she's saying, that the Lord has done something wonderful to you. And I'm going to paraphrase Elizabeth. She probably said, I don't understand all of it that's going on between my husband telling me in a tablet that we're having a baby because he, he didn't believe the angel that spoke to him in the temple because he was a priest. And now you, you're coming to me and you knew, how did you know? You didn't, get a, you didn't get a telegram, you didn't get a Twitter, you didn't get any notification. But I'm blessed because there's something interesting going on here, something that makes you the most blessed woman that God ever created. And then Mary doesn't say, yo, look at me. She gives her whole life over to Jesus, to, to God and her son Jesus by saying what we call in Latin the Magnificat. Magnificat anima mea. And that phrase alone is so beautiful because it, it sounds so much better in Latin than it does in English. Magnificat anima mea. Because of the way we structure words in, in Latin is magnificat, it magnifies anima mea. 
my soul magnifies the Lord. My soul makes the Lord fantastic. My soul is blowing up and giving praise to God. You can't cap capture the words authentically. And they were, they weren't recited in Latin, they were recited in Hebrew. But my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior. Her whole self rejoiced knowing God was with her. Her whole self, this is a young girl, maybe 15, we don't know, but not much younger, not much older. When she was told by the Angelos, the Gabriel, the Annunciation Angel, that she would be carrying the Son of God. Now, she's a Jewish mother, and every Jewish mother thinks their son is a God. <laughs> I know the Italian mothers do. My mother thought each one of her sons were close to God. Not spiritually, not really, really but, but she treated us that way. But could you imagine Mary saying that, that my son is God? How, how do you share that? And she probably didn't share it because they would have thought she was a nut. The whole issue surrounding the birth of Jesus was strange. An angel said, you're going to have the son of God? Yeah, okay. You're not even married. And Mary said that. I'm not even married. I don't, have, I don't know not man. Don't worry about it. You trust God, he'll take care of everything. And indeed, that's what happened. And see how she becomes a strong role model for us. Today, I'm, I'm praying, among other intentions, uh, for Courtney, a, a girl who's undergoing surgery in New Jersey. And her mother and father have been by her side in the last few weeks. And we're praying for Mary's intervention for the mother and father to give them strength to be by Courtney's side. And this is what we do when we pray. We ask God's intervention into the life of those people for whom we are praying, even if we're praying for ourselves. We're asking for God's spirit to fill us like he filled the spirit of Mary and gave her the strength to go forward. And we don't know all the details of their quiet life, we know some of the stories and when the kid got lost in the temple, when, when they went looking for him and why are you looking for me? I'm in my father's house. You know, what a wise guy he, he must have been uh, in, in his own way. And she stayed with him and, and supported him and, and even through his ups and downs and his rejections, even when looking for him when, when he was in trouble. And he said, they said, your mother's outside looking for you. And he looked around to the people he was serving and teaching. These are my parents. These are my brothers and sisters and my mothers and fathers. And that's you and me he's talking about. So think of how we are so involved in the family of Jesus. And Mary as a role model for us to keep at it, to, to hold on to Jesus, to, to follow him, to tell him what our prayers are, to let him know what we need for our families and, and children. We're praying for Shirley's son is another intention. A mother praying for her son. And we're asking Mary's intervention. The story of her assumption is very simple. In around the third century, we have re records that one of the uh, fathers of the church was writing about Mary and his records go back to oral tradition to the apostles and Mary died. 
And she had lived most of her life in Ephesus with John the Evangelist. We know that. That's present-day Turkey. And when she died, she was put into a tomb, like any other tomb. And when they went to venerate her and clean up the body and so on, she was gone. At that point, the apostles realized, here we are going to clean for death and for burial the body of the woman who bore the Son of God, who was the first tabernacle. Here we are going to clean her body, and she's not here. God took her to heaven. God assumed Mary, body and soul, into heaven. That's a tradition that goes back orally to the apostles, but it's become for us a dogma of our faith, a main steadfast point of our faith. Why? One, she's the tabernacle of the Most High. See that tabernacle over there? That has the Blessed Sacrament. Mary was the first tabernacle, with the Blessed Sacrament being her son. Two, because of the role model that she was for us, to hold on to your faith, to, to never give up. Even at the cross she was there, and at the burial she was there, she was holding on, and she never said, this is all nonsense. I don't know why God got me involved with this at all. She stayed with the apostles and received at Pentecost the Holy Spirit. A role model for us, a strong mother who's focused on God and the love of her child, Jesus, in this case. That's an invitation for all of us. As we pray the Hail Mary, we know what we're saying now. You are full of grace.